This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain markets closed the day trade lower on Friday due to concerns about the economy. The Federal Reserve expecting to raise interest rates another three-quarters of a percentage point. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says there was some uneasiness over the interest rate hike and the energy markets had traders moving to the sidelines throughout the week. Well, I think you've seen a lot of computer trading. We're still not really into the depths of harvest yet, so from a volume and open interest standpoint, things are still kind of fickle. In the meantime, harvest is making progress across the country. eHedger market analyst Dustin Johnson is hearing variable early corn and soybean harvest reports from across the Midwest. It's trickling in at this point. Um, we've we, There's a lot of really good basis opportunities for quick ship, so it was, it was pretty clear that the we ran out of corn uh, from last year uh, for a lot of these locations and they needed uh, the new crop to start flowing again. So a lot of wet corn coming out early, and uh, but yields have been very good that we've seen in Illinois, uh, fairly good in Iowa, and about what you expect in the west and, and, the, and the southern plains. Johnson does not think that we're seeing harvest pressure in the grain futures just yet. As grain markets continue to chop sideways, Van On and company CEO Jim Empter says the market is telling farmers to sell their crops off the combine. Empter says the basis game can be a tug of war. Things have been all over the place for users that are well bought, at least for the first half of harvest. Uh, we've seen more of this uh, 40, 50, 60 under type uh, bid uh, for those that are a little short bought right now. And I think around the nation, just because this crop's a little bit later, you're finding a number of elevator ethanol locations that are a little short bought and all of a sudden we start hearing some 60 70 80 dollar over bids uh, that exist in the marketplace so i think it's a kind of a game of chicken until this crop is in wide-scale harvest and we're hearing just kind of a multitude of different fronts depending on the user and how well they're bought weekly export sales report out this week was a little disappointing for traders with corn soybeans and wheat all below the lowest trade expectations global commodity analytics and consulting president mike zuzalo says he's beginning to see the impacts of a much stronger u.s dollar on u.s export sales. This is the second or third piece of demand news we've received, some of it earlier in the week back during Sunday, Monday time period of China's imports and their imports are down substantially and you're right, the corn year-to-date export sales showing about 12.5 million tons compared to 25 million tons a year ago and I think this wheat is very close to last year fortunately. The ongoing drought in Argentina is cutting into the amount of ground devoted to crop production. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says that will impact corn and soybeans. Brazil is also seeing some weather problems. U.S. beef production is forecast to be lower next year down almost 1.7 billion pounds from this year. USDA Agriculture Outlook Board Chairman Mark Jekanowski says cattle producers are facing numerous challenges Drought in the West and high feed costs, uh, lack of availability of hay and high cost of production. Due to the tight supply, Jekinowski said steer prices are expected to be up 7.5% next year. The Ukrainian Agriculture Ministry forecasting a grain crop of 50 to 52 million tons, unchanged from last month's estimate, but down from 86 million tons last year. Ukraine is expected to export 5.5 million metric tons in September, up from 4.5 million tons last month. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. What's impressive about Pioneer brand canola? It can do it all. Good yield potential? Yes. Resistance to blackleg, club rut, and scarlatinia? Yes. Hybrids with harvest flexibility? Yes. 
Your choice of herbicide treat platform? Yes. Lumiderm seed treatment? Yes. Can this Pioneer brand canola do all that? Yes, this canola can. Learn more at pioneer.com slash canola or contact your local authorized Pioneer sales representative for more information. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. 82% of U.S. farm household income now coming from off-farm. Study conducted by the University of Missouri and commissioned by CoBank identified reliable income as the top reason for off-farm employment. Health and retirement benefits were also cited. The research said off-farm jobs are especially important for young and beginning farmers. Minnesota representatives Michelle Fishbach, Pete Stauber, Tom Emmer, and Brad Finstead are looking for more information from the Biden administration on its 30 by 30 plan. Republican lawmakers sent a similar request more than a year ago, and there's been no response. This proposal would conserve 30% of the country's resources by 2030, but very few other details are available. Lawmakers said this is a federal land grab and will hurt farmers, miners, and loggers. Permanent disaster program is on the table for the 2023 Farm Bill debate. North Dakota Senator John Hoven, who chairs the Ag Appropriations Subcommittee, says it all comes down to priorities. We're not going to be able to fund everything, so let's make darn sure we get the priorities in there and that they're set up the right way, that they're cost effective, and most importantly, that they're responsive uh, to what our farmers and ranchers need. Ad hoc disaster programs have been used frequently in recent years. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman wants to see a more permanent program in the Farm Bill. I just know right now, because of because the climate is changing, in a sense, you know, we're having these these hundred, five hundred year events, you know, every two or three years, it makes it difficult. So we've done good in the sense of, of getting the resources out to the people who have been affected but it's in a very haphazard way. And, and the other problem is it might take two years to actually get the money you know, sure. once the event happens. So I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm committed to working with uh, all of the stakeholders to come up with a better program. And uh, so we're going to work hard on it. Agricultural attaches from 20 different countries were in Minnesota this week learning about the agriculture in the state. The group visited ag companies in the Twin Cities, an ethanol plant in Benson, and experienced the sugar beet harvest in the Red River Valley. Minnesota Court of Appeals has denied a Minnesota Pollution Control Agency petition to dismiss a, a lawsuit filed by the Minnesota Automobile Dealers Association. The case deals with the state following California's clean car rule. With one legal victory, the automobile dealers group has another lawsuit pending. President Scott Lambert says the path forward, though, is uncertain. The governor came out with a new climate plan uh, last week, uh, and it, uh, to everybody's um, surprise, it, it did not include the California mandates, even though he's been pursuing this for three years. So... Uh, you know, we're trying to get a straight answer out of the Walls administration as to what they would do 
The California standard calls for 35% of all cars and pickups sold in the state be electric vehicles within the next three years. Minnesota is one of 17 states that have agreed to follow that same standard. And the Justice Department is investigating a $250 million fraud case in Minnesota. 47 people are facing criminal charges for conspiracy, wire fraud, money laundering, and bribery. The founder and executive director of a nonprofit group called F Feeding Our Future was named in the case for stealing federal USDA child nutrition funds. During the pandemic, USDA waived some of the requirements for involvement in the federal child nutrition programs, and the defendants allegedly abused that system. Let's look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. I'm in an area called trade integration at Pioneer. So what's the trade being integrated? The Enlist E3 trade for soybeans. And what's it being integrated with? Ah, that's the big news. The Enlist E3 trait is now integrated with Pioneer's own exclusive and elite genetics. They're called Pioneer brand A-series Enlist E3 soybeans. And there are no other soybeans like it on the market. Pioneer brand A-series Enlist E3 soybeans, like no other. World Weather Incorporated senior meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the northern plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This week in weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. This week we finally got the first widespread frost and freeze across the Dakotas and Minnesota. Temperatures in portions of the region got below 30 degrees Wednesday night into Thursday. According to Rugby North Dakota farmer Steve Friddle, there's not much frost damage in the Rugby North Dakota area. When I looked, it was 34, so I don't think uh, we got down enough. You know, a few things might have got nipped a little bit, but uh, not a hard frost. By no means. Actually, we wouldn't have minded getting that frost because I think everything is ready to, to move on. That corn, uh, you know, if it had gotten a killing frost, probably wouldn't have been a bad thing to help get that process along. But um, I guess we'll, we'll work with what Mother Nature gives us. Farmers were especially nervous about the possibility for a frost or freeze last week. But nerves are not as bad following the widespread cool temperatures from this week. Near Wahala, North Dakota, proceed agronomist Carmen Hardy does not think the widespread frost should damage corn and soybeans much. But the small grains could be affected. There are quality issues as it continues to stand as we seem to not get um, as many sunny days at the moment. And just hopefully the canola that's still out there will um, stay intact and harvestable and that type of thing as well. Even we were all the way out towards the Kandu area yesterday and... Um, there's plenty of wheat still standing in the countryside. Now that the week's frost and freeze event is behind us, Crystal North Dakota farmer Brian O'Toole is optimistic about harvest. In our area, the soybeans do look good. I've noticed some areas where they were, you know, planted late, and and again, that was in the spring of the year when you when you run out of things to do and you're trying to think of what you can finally put in the ground, and, and that soybean might not have been the best pick. Uh, edibles probably would have been a better idea, but the later planted soybeans are, are fairly green. They're 
quite a bit behind. They're not going to take a freeze and come out of it very well. The beans that were put in early, they do look good. Red River Farm Network Sierra Doctor has an update on dry bean harvest. Dry bean harvest is just getting started in parts of North Dakota. Hope North Dakota farmer Joshua Irie recently started red bean harvest. Well, currently, as far as dry beans go, we got some small reds out there, and we also have soybeans out, um, some corn, of course. We just got fired up yesterday, uh, just kind of got started, so it's really too early to tell. I think we're going to see a very, a very healthy crop. I, I feel it's uh, slightly above average, and then some of the numbers I've been hearing from friends and neighbors around the area, uh, the dry beans have been coming out very well, uh, well above average, so we're very excited about this uh, dry bean crop coming up. No, I, I would say we're, we're probably uh, 10 days to two weeks behind schedule versus where we're normally at at this time of year. In the last week, dry conditions worsened across the Dakotas and Minnesota. The majority of North Dakota went from abnormally dry to moderate drought. Abnormally dry conditions are getting more widespread in northeastern South Dakota compared to the previous week. In Minnesota, patches of moderate to severe drought are expanding, including Lincoln, Wilkin, and Polk counties. Grain traders are watching U.S. yield reports closely. North Star Commodity Chief Analyst Mark Schultz says early soybean yield reports coming into his office have been disappointing. Schultz thinks grain prices will struggle to move sharply higher. In South America, the Brazilian weather situation has gone from being very dry to excessively wet in just about a week's time. Rainfall amounts of 1 to 5 inches were expected this week in Brazil. Argentina was expected to only have a slight chance of rain in the 10-day outlook. That's a look at this week in weather. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Crisp air and waning daylight can only mean one thing, harvest. Hi, this is John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, wishing you a safe and productive fall and success for seasons to come. As you wrap up another year, rest assured that Beta Seed is already hard at work developing the traits to manage disease and drive yields for countless years to come. When you partner with Beta Seed, you can feel confident in knowing you've chosen hybrids specifically tailored to your needs. Check us out at betaseed.com for more information. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA, Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more.